Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stay Paid, the best, I'm going to say that again, the best sales and marketing podcast that brings you the tips, the tricks, the secrets, the, I don't know, the amazing things that you need to know in sales and marketing to help you live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. As you can tell, there's a new voice doing the intro today, guys, because Josh is not with me. He actually had to go catch his son's baseball game, but I think there's a lesson in that because he asked me, he said, hey man, do you need me on this podcast? I said, Josh, I always need you, but I do want you to spend time with your son because those are the things that matter. So he's catching his son's baseball game, but don't worry because we have an incredible interview today. And I would say all the, the ladies out there that are listening to this, listen up because you have a rock star coming at you today that really is shaking it up and making waves in an industry that is tough to be in. And the financial service industry is a tough industry to be in, and it's been predominantly dominated by men, and she has come in and really exploded onto the scene. I am excited to hear from her today and how she has built her book of business in financial services. Her name is Kristen Shea, if I'm pronouncing that right. Am I pronouncing your last name right, Kristen? Yeah, it's pretty American. It's Kristen Shea. Kristen Shea, pretty American. How can Luke mess that name up? She's a senior advising or advisor consultant for Highland (laughs) Capital Brokerages. So guys, she has gotten her passion as sales. Sales is in her blood. She set a record selling Girl Scout cookies. That's when she really found out she loves sales. She won a national sales competition selling fine wines before she reached even a legal drinking age. So as you guys can tell, she's a salesperson at heart. She was recruited by the CEO of Highland Capital Brokerage when she was actually being a waitress in college. And then she dove right in, even though her parents and her family advised against it. She loved it. She's found her passion. And today we're really going to dive into hearing about her journey and trying to build her book of business as a wholesaler in financial services, how she's using video to really connect with her prospects. And it's really made a huge impact on her business. So all of my salespeople out there, listen up because you're going to get some tangible tactics on how you can use videos to actually reach out to your prospects and get them to respond. But Kristen, welcome to Stay Paid. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. Yes, happy Tuesday to you. Yes, happy Tuesday. It's exciting to have you. So if you could just introduce yourself to the audience, I would love to hear your story. You know, you were talking to me a little bit before we came on and we've been emailing back and forth with you and we can tell that you love sales and we can tell that you're a go-getter. I call it 10X because I'm, I'm a fan of uh, Grant Cardone, but I'm interested to hear your journey, why you've chosen to do what you've chosen to do, what caused you to make the leap into the financial service services arena, especially when you mentioned that even your family and your close friends were kind of advising you against it. So if you could take just maybe the Cliff Notes version of your life and, and give us your story of what's brought you to here today. So I was born in Fairfax County Hospital. I weighed, just kidding. I don't know that. <laughs> we're going to skip all. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I graduated high school early. I had big ambitions, but it's too soon for me to leave. I hadn't centered and honed my energy for productivity at that point. <laughs> I was more kind of bouncing all over the walls and knew that um, I wasn't being challenged enough in school. Kind of struggled with the college thing. I didn't have 
a whole lot of the hard technical skills that students need today, the science, technology, engineering, math. I knew that I loved people. I knew that I liked talking to people. And I, tr I must have changed my major six times between psychology, interpersonal relationships, cultural studies, conflict resolution. Um, That's actually not uncommon. I changed my major. I didn't even know what I wanted to do. My major was computer science. So anybody listening to this, if you've changed your majors, if you're not sure what you want to do, especially the younger ones that are listening to this podcast, don't worry. A lot of times you don't even end up doing what your degree was in. So, so don't even worry. No, no. And I take it a step further, if I may, and say that while there's absolutely an endless amount of value in getting the higher level of education, I don't. I'm take the stance that I don't believe it's necessary. Um, oh man, we could have a whole podcast on the value of education. I've had this debate with my wife, who's a, who's a teacher, and, and God bless her, she's amazing. But the whole dynamic of education and, and, and a lot of times, and I'll apply it back to stay paid podcast here because we're talking about sales and marketing tips, right? But the education system is not evolving fast enough with the changes in technology. And we see in business that businesses where they're suffering from a marketing standpoint, from a sales standpoint, is they're not evolving fast enough to use technology. I know today we're going to be talking about sending videos through email, which might be a foreign concept to people who are listening to this and how that's affected you. But it's a, it's a example of how if you evolve with the times and you evolve with technology, you can really have an impact on your sales. But we could have a whole podcast on this debate on whether higher education is actually yeah. – uh, rational anymore <laughs> yeah especially with the yeah, cost totally. but that's not the same thing as saying that education isn't important Agreed. because while i have foregone the traditional college education i'm constantly pursuing just as i'm sure you are and as are every other entrepreneur ceo successful individual out there constantly trying to learn so we'll we'll, we'll make that disclaimer per um, personal development right so while I was going to George Mason, uh, shout out to the Patriots. <laughs> Love, God. I, I didn't even um, I didn't even know what their team was was called. So I had to, I I had to think about it. <laughs> um, I wasn't really there. It was a commuter. It's a it's a great school. It is a commuter school. I spent most of my time in my hometown, forty five minutes away, working as a waitress. As you mentioned, down the street from where my office is. Today, we were there. I was there for three and a half years, and we do these events now. Now that I'm, we do these events where we bring advisors in every couple weeks, couple months, and do what we call an advisor development program. And okay. I would always end up serving those groups or serving the CEO or our chairman when they would come in for lunch or dinner. And one day they asked me if I'd ever thought about financial services. And I said, absolutely not. Uh, but I knew that they. I ended up in the business on accident. I think if anyone is listening and they're in financial services, that a lot of people say that's how they ended up in the business as well. I knew that CEO and chairman tipped well. I knew that they were really nice people. I knew that I owed a lot of money to the IRS and I didn't want to go <laughs> into debt. So jump ship and it was the best decision I ever made. So, you know, you get into financial services, explain to the audience, because they might not know exactly what you do. What is what is a day in the life look like for you? Like, what are you trying to do? How are you trying to help financial advisors? What what does that look like for you? So it depends, right? Depends on the advisor. I think 
so my bio is I work with forward thinking independent financial advisors to increase revenue to their firm, improve client outcomes and grow to top producer status. And different advisors view success differently to some advisors. It means putting the most money in their clients' pockets. And that's what everybody's goal should be. But And and I'm sure it is. But sometimes people come to me because they want to get in front of more qualified prospects. And that's how they're increasing revenue to their firm. Sometimes advisors don't want to grow, but they need to remove some of the headaches of chasing paper or doing paperwork and just want to spend more time either meeting with clients or doing the things that they love with the people that they love. So that's that's the high level so you, you truly know, are, are yeah, you truly are a consultant to advisors out there. And I'm assuming obviously you offer products and services to them that they can use, you know, obviously to enhance their business. So let's let's approach this kind of twofold because I think there's two avenues you could really help the audience in listening to this. One is from the avenue of how you go about generating relationships and sales, as we call it. Uh, and then the other is, you know, speaking to advisors today that want to get in front of prospects that are wanting to try to grow their business. What are some of the tips and tricks that you would give them that you give to your current clients to help them, you know, gain new assets and and gain new clients? So let's start kind of with your prospecting. Like what are the ways you obviously are trying to build more relationships with financial advisors? I'm assuming. How do you go about that? How are you prospecting? How are you generating leads? You talked to me a little earlier about this idea of video email. So I'm excited to kind of hear your take on that. But walk me through how you do your prospecting and how you ultimately build relationships and close deals. Yeah, this is fun. It's a bummer we only have 30 minutes (laughs) (laughs) or so. You know, I think there are two major things, and they are both tech-related. One, it's been leveraging LinkedIn. So traditionally, somebody in my role, it's an internal role, traditionally growing your business looks like making a hundred outbound calls a day, leaving voicemail, sending follow-up emails, playing the numbers game of getting someone on the phone and engaging with them, dripping on, dripping on them, et cetera. I took the stance because the financial services industry for the most part is average age 55, haven't embraced technology like younger generations or other industries have. So I thought, you know, if I go to LinkedIn I'm skipping the gatekeeper because good advisors have one and they know that people like me are calling. <laughs> Nobody's checking the LinkedIn except for that business owner. I can be a little bit more strategic with my message, especially as I was started, especially as I was trying to hone it and, and understand. And eventually the LinkedIn marketing from a direct message perspective evolved into posting videos that add value, which nobody else in the industry is doing right now. And if they are, it's not happening consistently or effectively. Say that's the big thing. um, One of the big things. And the second thing is video email. And video email has been the biggest contributor to my success in a prospecting process and also building a relationship that is being built in remote locations where you don't get to meet face-to-face for months, maybe even years, speeding up the sales process and making those relationships stickier. So what does that mean? Like video email, obviously it's video over email, but walk me through like How do you like what type of videos are you sending? How often do you send them? Do you start with a video? Is it usually on the follow up? Like, how does that look in your sales process? 
Yeah, great question, Luke. First place where I'd start and where where I think the the biggest impact is and then the marginal in you know the marginal increasing benefit starts to fall off is that first wow factor either after one you leave a voicemail or two you have a first conversation so traditionally when you're making outbound calls hey this is Kristen Shea with Highland Capital Brokerage would you be interested if I told you da 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 Type the video, type the email. Hey, just left you a message. Instead, sending a quick 30 second, 45 second video email. Hey, this is Kristen Shea. I just left you a message. Wanted to follow up, put a face with the name. I was wondering if I told you, da 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 da, would you be interested? Click the link at the end of this video to put a call on my calendar or click a link at the end of this video, which will link to a PDF, which will give you a little bit more information. And then we can talk. There's there's a wow factor that comes with that because nobody does it. You have more capabilities. And what a lot of people won't tell you also, if you're receiving video email is on the back end, you have capabilities to see when they watch it, see how many times they watch it, see how much of it they watched. So if you're making the same outbound phone call and you're sending this video message after each one, obviously it's better if you're personalized, but sometimes you have to make the evergreen one and you see that everyone's falling off after five seconds. You're like, wait, maybe I should switch up this That's message awesome. a little bit because it's not landing. Um, what, what software they, do you use to do the video? I've been using one called Jive Systems. Okay, Jive Systems. Shout out to Will Franco. Um, and... We've also recently onboarded BombBomb. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Which, we know of BombBomb, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's a little cheaper, and I think there are a lot more capabilities there. Nice. I love you, Will Franco. <laughs> so you um, start, uh, shout out to Will Franco, but I'm switching companies. I love it. <laughs> but I'm over it. But I'm over yeah. it. So, uh, okay, so I love that. So you, you reach out from a prospecting perspective, and I'm assuming you, you're generating a lot of your leads on LinkedIn. So you're going through and you're generating a lot of your leads there. Maybe you're reaching out through LinkedIn, connecting, all that good stuff. Then you're, you're giving them a call. You're shooting them a video. When you look at your response rate, and it's okay if you don't know, but what has been kind of the results of shooting these videos? Like what, what, what is the ROI you're seeing or the statistics versus what you were getting with emails and stuff? So I don't have this tracked. Yep. Okay. But if I were to speculate, make an educated guess, not exaggerating, I'd say one out of every three cold calls, I get some kind of response. And it's usually more of, how did you send that video email? Interesting. Or, wow, great outreach. So it's intriguing the curiosity factor uh, more. Yeah. Are you using video email for your follow-up as well? Like um, yeah. after you see they've watched the video, obviously you're tracking that. Are you calling right away after you see they watch the video? How does that process work for you? It depends. Okay. It depends. If it's, you know, if they're watching the video a week later, I can pick up the phone and be like, hey, and they're like, I was just watching your video. And you're like, What? No way. But, you know, but not everybody comes from cold calls. Yep. So, for example, if I've, if I've built a relationship on LinkedIn, we've got on the phone, we've had a conversation. I'll send whatever email follow-ups and then it's, hey, wanted to send you a quick video message. Thank you. Help you put a face with the name. Thank you so much for your time today. I sent you an email. Keep an eye out for this, this, and this. I want you to pay attention to this one specific item. Click the link at the end of this video to schedule a call if you have any questions. Awesome. It's um, I'll send it in advance to conferences. So let's say you're getting ready to go to some kind of 
big meeting where you have a table or a booth or whatever, if I can get the attendees list ahead of time, we'll send out a video email instead of a regular email. Hey, this is Kristen. I can't wait to see you at the event. Make sure you come and say hi. Once I started doing that, the I've never been more popular at, at an event because it's something that they recognize. They're like, hey, I know you. You sent that video. That's a great idea. We, we should write down that idea, Andrea. <laughs> we go to a lot of conferences. We, we do phone calls. And I would tell people listening to this, if you go to conferences, some of you maybe not, but um, you know, some of you are going to conferences. We have had immense success calling beforehand to invite people personally to our booth. Sending a video is even that much greater, is a step above. So do you encourage, so let's talk to the financial advisors and real estate agents and insurance agents that are listening to this. When you're coaching financial advisors specifically are you is this an avenue you're coaching them on to use video in their business is it getting past compliance like how is that all working compliance is tough because you you have to watch the script um, and you have to get it approved and be able to store the videos but if you're using a platform where like like bomb bomb or like jive systems it'll build an archive for you okay and there are ways that it can be supervised as long as you can hold it and store it um but also defer to your firm for official guidance (laughs) um for real estate agents and independent financial advisors or just professionals in general I see advisors specifically because that's the world that I live in using video successfully in a couple different ways. One, leading up to an event, like if they're going to do an educational workshop or a seminar as a follow up to it. Okay. Um, the, the lead in is nice because I've seen advisors that will make a video that shows them where to park, where the doors are, which is a nice segue where, um, where you, sometimes you get to the location. You're like, I don't really know where I'm supposed to go from here. You can send video emails to talk about complex topics. So instead of typing a four-paragraph email about rates and yada, 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 a bunch of stuff, you can make a quick video. Normally, I wouldn't record making a, recommend doing a video for more than a minute, but on a more complex topic, it's, hey, you asked me a great question, and I want to explain it to you. You know, this, 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 and this. And that way, they can record it. They can watch it again. It may make a little bit more sense. You can set the tone you have bad news or iffy news or you're dealing with something that you just need to, that it would be more valuable if they can hear the tone of your voice. That helps. Also, because you have the ability to attach like documents and whatnot to the end of it. Let's say, even if you're a real estate agent or a financial advisor and you need a signature on a piece of paperwork, hey, I've got the, here are the forms that we talked about. I'm going to need your signature on this part. It's at the end of this video. Thank you again so much for the business. And let me know if you have any questions. I love that. It just goes so much farther over video than in a simple text email. and, And nobody else is doing it. If you're a financial advisor and are only connecting with men, you're neglecting half of your business right out of the gate. Women make up half of the workforce. And by 2030, they're expected to control half of the nation's wealth. But if you find yourself struggling to gain or keep female clients, there's hope. Go to ReminderMedia.com retention and download our free guide to retaining female and next generation clients. That's ReminderMedia.com retention. But don't wait. Take action on this today. Now, I think that's one of the key points that I would point out to everybody listening to this is you have a 
this is not going to be like this forever because I see it growing substantially. I've watched Bomb Bomb for a while now. Those guys are awesome. You know, I've seen their company grow over the last so many years. It's getting more and more popular, but there's still a hole in the marketplace right now for all of us to exploit as salespeople to take advantage of this time where people are not getting 10 videos a day. So where it's going to fall off is when marketers catch on to this, right? When companies catch on to video marketing through email and through text message and all that good stuff, we're all going to do it. So now you're going to have 10 salespeople in a day shooting you a video. And what's going to happen? Well, the consumer is going to go, you know, it's just like my emails, glance, 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 glance. But now because you only get maybe one video from a person, you listen to it. It's like getting that handwritten note in the mail. No one sends it anymore. And so when you get a handwritten note, no one throws away a handwritten note. Everybody looks at it. Everybody reads it because we're not getting a ton of them. So you have a chance, guys, as you're listening to this right now to take it advantage of video marketing. Do you send a lot of videos through text message? I'm careful about who I give my phone number to. Smart. Okay. Um, <laughs> if I want to send a video, I'm sending an email. Okay. Send um, it to email. Cause I've had success and I've seen agents on the real estate side really? specifically using it through text because it's just an easy way to shoot a quick yeah. video through text message. They don't have to weed through their email. So I was just curious if you right. found that. So then let's switch gears a That's little brilliant. bit and let's talk about, you know, you're obviously helping financial advisors from a consulting standpoint. So you're consulting them on how to either improve their business from an efficiency standpoint so they can spend more time doing the things they love, less time doing paperwork, all that good stuff. Or you're helping them gain new clients from a prospecting standpoint. What are your top two to three prospecting areas that you point financial advisors to. So if an advisor comes to you and says, hey, looking to gain more clients, trying to you know, get more assets in my book of business, you know, what are your suggestions? What are your top tips that you give to help a financial advisor grow their business? So I, I will say that marketing is, is a value add and, and a resource suite that we offer as a way to earn people's business or the opportunity to earn their business. My primary job here is to assist advisors with protection and solution oriented products yep. um, in the retirement planning world and the bond, you know, looking at bond alternatives, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we're in sales. We all know you lead with value and the value is having a more efficient, profitable practice. So where that's where I'm, I'm really leading towards at the end of the day. I also I'm, I'm going to lead with marketing on other ways to open the door and earn the right to get access to adding value to their clients. Um, you know, I see I see a lot of things working. And it's not, and it, and in some ways it's what everybody thinks works, and in other ways it's not. In the financial services world, I see a couple, a couple huge red flags and huge mistakes that the industry has just completely fallen into, and it's become a standard and it's ineffective. First one is that overall, the marketing machines that people that advisors are using are these really expensive outbound marketing machines as an industry. Advisors need to transition to an inexpensive inbound marketing machine without all these random, you know, synapses that are firing off all at the same time using a wheel 
and the different gears that are all turning together so that you're keeping everyone in within the pipeline and within your touches until they're ready or there's some triggering event when they need you, and then you're top of mind. Um, that's That's the first thing. Second thing is that the industry, because advisors are busy, and a lot of the independent advisors out there, just as real estate agents are as well, I'm, I'm sure, is they have to wear a lot of hats as an independent professional. They have right. to be the, their own accountant. They have to do their administrative works in some cases. They have to be the sales guy. They have to be the marketing guy. It's a lot of work, and they're looking for something that's automated and something that's fast. And the things that are automated, there are limitless numbers of resources that you have of things that are created for you, it's a complete waste of money and everybody falls into it because it's easy, but it's not authentic. It's not Mm. personalized. It's putting everybody in the same bucket. I do retirement planning, tax planning, college planning, insurance, asset management. I work with families and pre-retirees. Okay. So what makes you different? And why in that article you just posted from FINRA or, you know, that's approved by FINRA is the same article that I saw the advisor up the street post. And what do you want me to do with this article? It's not asking me to do anything and it's not creating any conversation. So true. Um, No, I think that's you're putting a uh, there's a huge golden nugget here. A couple of golden nuggets. One is very obvious is what do you want me to do? After I see this article, what do you want me to do after I see this content that you're distributing? So pe- so many people just post and they're not thinking of what I call the you know call to action or the funnel. They're not right. nurturing people to anywhere. And so they get no leads and they like, well, I'm posting all the time. I'm putting out content. Yeah, but is it content with a purpose? Are you being intentional about why you're doing what you're doing? But what I like more about what you said, and I see this really, really taking shape in today's world of business is this idea of authenticity in your unique value proposition is so critical. And I'm going to share with you guys a personal story right now. I have five financial advisors that I was looking at literally two days ago, thinking about which ones I'm going to invite in for an interview. And I can tell you from my experience, so all the financial advisors that listen to my podcast, maybe you guys should start calling me, but all from my experience, looking at them, all of them had boring the same bios. The only guy that stood out to me was a guy that put his awards in the things he had accomplished because at least I had something that showed, okay, this guy's done something differently, but there was no unique value proposition. There was nothing that showed me who this person was from a personality standpoint. There was no story, as I like to call it. So you have to build a story for your brand. And if you guys want to, you know, learn how to do this, there's a great company called Story Brand that literally helps you do this. They're unbelievable at it. But what is your story? People, you know, they, they want to feel something when they're, you know, choosing you as their financial advisor. And yes, I want to see you as an authority on a subject matter. I want to make sure you know about retirement taxes and the like, right? Investing all these things. More importantly, I want to make sure that I can trust you, that I can connect with you, that you're going to be the advisor that fits my personality and that, you know, will understand my investment strategies, whether I'm in a phase of, you know, I want to be aggressive or I'm in a phase of, hey, I want to be, you know, risk averse. But what she just touched on, I think is so critical and it's a huge takeaway. And if I want to tie it back to what we just talked about from a tactic, which is video through email, what is video through email showcasing? It is showcasing Kristen's authentic 
character, her authentic personality, giving them a glimpse into who she is, which is why I guarantee you she's seen an increase in our ROI of people responding because she's showcasing that authenticity. And so if I'm, you know, want to share anything with you guys from what we're talking about today is what is your story? What are you trying to showcase? Because these five financial advisors, the only reason I'm looking at them is because I got referred to them. It's the only reason they're marketing it. And, and now I have to pick out of five people I've been referred to by a lawyer. And, and I'm trying to weave through who are these people. And they have nothing that showcases to me what they stand for, what their story is. And so it's just interesting how in today's world, what truly, truly matters is, yes, you have to do good business. Yes, you have to have recommendations and reviews. Yes, you have to have this, you know, the credentials behind your name. More importantly, you have to be able to share your story of what you stand for, what you believe in, so you can connect with your consumer. Yeah, totally. I agree. And and it can literally be something as simple as posting a picture of your dog on your website. Because yep. everybody who's going to have a dog is going to be like, oh my gosh, I love this person. I yep. love dogs. And you're not going to push anybody away by it. And if you and if you do, if someone's like, I don't, I don't, I don't like dogs. Who doesn't like puppies? Dogs, be like, fine. I <laughs> I like to work with dog lovers. It's just, you know, as, as as complicated as we can make things with video, and and as valuable as it is, it's who do I like and who do I trust? Who can I relate with? And somebody with a lot of plaques on their wall who knows all these things about, you know financial services, which is a really intimidating thing. You don't know anything else about them. Yep. What, what about that makes them trustworthy? Uh, is I, it, oh, that you took your family to Florida for, for last Christmas? That's relatable. Yep. I trust you even more for my retirement planning for knowing that more than for seeing a designation after your name. Well, when you want to apply it to tactics for people who are listening. So tactically, what does this mean? What what are you know we saying here on this podcast? I always encourage people when I'm coaching them is 80% of your business that are 80% of what you try to connect with through your marketing should be more relatable information, whether it's lifestyle information, it's a picture of you and your dog, it's it's your journey, it's your story. The other 20% using this 80-20 rule is about making sure they know you're an authority on the subject matter you want to help them with. That would be the business-related content. That would be, I'm an expert at tax, I'm an expert at retirement, because what's going to keep you top of mind in my mind is the personal stuff, is the more relatable content, is the blog post, the story type content. That's going to, on my feed on Facebook, if you use Facebook, that's going to keep me engaged because I'm entertained, I'm drawn in, there's a story here, there's a person here I can connect with. Then, because I engage with that content, guess what else I'm going to see? I'm going to see that you're an expert on tax, and I'm going to see that tax blog that you post. Now I'm going to see it in my social media feed, or I'm going to pay attention to it in my email because I enjoy the emails and the letters and the and the get-togethers I get to have with you through the personal side, which makes me then pay attention to your business side, which makes me see you as an authority. And when I see you as an authority, I have trust, and when I have trust, it gives me the potential to what to purchase. And when I purchase, that's what you're ultimately looking for is for me to be a a client of yours. So this idea from a tactic standpoint is look at your business and go, the content that I'm posting, whether it's on my LinkedIn, the content that I'm sending through email, the content that I'm having on conversations through, whether it's seminars or through my phone calls, is it 80% 
more relatable content, story-based content, content that's entertaining that can draw people in, 20% authoritative-based content on your industry. And if you look at your business and you're doing that from a tactic standpoint, that is what we've seen at Reminder Media really drive success. So Kristen, I'm going to ask you, you know, there's two questions we ask every person we interview, and I'm curious to know your answer. You know, you've, you know, obviously had success in sales, you know, you've taken a different route as you call it, and you stepped out of your comfort zone, got into the financial services arena and been having success. What are the routines that you have been implementing as a salesperson, as a marketer, as a business person in your life every day to drive success? What are some of the routines and formulas that you've put into place? I make my bed every morning. No, just kidding. I don't. <laughs> I know sales, they say, start with that first win. Yes. Yeah. Win the morning, win the day, right? Right. Eat the apple, make your bed. Yes. Not that. <laughs> so you um, do the opposite. You unmake your bed. You do not touch the apple. Throw my sheets on the floor. Yes. Bring them to work. Fall asleep at work. No, just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> um, what do I do every day? So I'm practicing time blocking because I know it's so important. And ugh, salespeople, people in general, it's a tough thing to stick with. And from my time blocking perspective, two things have really stuck. Three things have really stuck. And I can say that our routine other than that Unfortunately, I'm kind of winging it. Um, first thing every morning is I'm writing my handwritten notes and I'm sending out my packages for the day, sending my video emails all at the same time um, based on birthdays or holidays or, or whatever there is. And then I get on LinkedIn and I nurture my LinkedIn activity and nurture my LinkedIn network because it's something that builds and comes from consistent activity. And then the other thing that I'm, that I've been practicing is time blocking my follow-ups after my calling session. So we call those golden hours here. Hmm. So, you know, they say when you go fishing, you don't catch a fish, you know, cut it up and fillet it right there on the boat. You go fishing, you catch all your fish, you put them in a bucket and then you take it home and then you cut them up and fillet them. So that's been something that has also been really good for me. So when I do have the time to make those cold calls, make those dials, I'm in the motion of making, making the phone calls, not having it broken up by, okay, let me send an email. Okay. Let me make another phone call. Okay. Let me send another I email. Love that. Um, I, I guess that was, I, I'd say those are my three things. No, I love that. Um, you know, what's interesting is, you know, we just did an interview just a little bit ago, and this person is a coach in the real estate industry, and they were talking about, they called it the four H's, and they walked through what they do every single day to drive success, and it was super similar, even though you haven't put it into a system necessarily that you're coaching people on, but they talked about they wrote handwritten notes, five handwritten notes every single day. They got on yes. social media and they started, you know, liking and commenting, engaging. You called it nurturing your LinkedIn, right? Nurturing your network on social media. Yes. Then they talked about how they send out what they call like their hot sheet tips. So they get on 
their MLS and they, they look at what's happening in the market and they text people or they, they record a video and they send, you know, on this hot sheet tip. Then they talk about reaching out to people on their birthdays. It's just very interesting how I just did an interview with a coach in real estate, what's driven success for them and their clients and what you do daily in this business development is a very similar thing. And I want to make the point to the audience is what you're doing is you're engaging, you're giving value, you're building relationships with people. So what happens? So you build top of mind awareness. So now those people you wrote a handwritten note to or that you commented on their LinkedIn, they're thinking of you for that split second. And you're building that top of mind awareness. And I tell everybody this, it's you have to be first. You have to be first. What you need in your business and everybody who's in the audience who's listening to this, what you need, guys, is when they think financial advising, they better see your name come up in their mind. When they think real estate, they better see your name if you're a real estate agent. Because if they don't, 76% of people choose the first thing that comes up into their mind. So if I say airlines, what's the first company you think of? The first company you thought of is, the t- is 76% of the time the, the company you're going to buy a ticket from to go fly somewhere. That's just how marketing and branding works. And what you're doing in your routine, which is so powerful, is you're building mindshare. You're, build- you're nurturing relationships. You're touching people to make them think of you. So when the time comes, boom, they use Kristen you know, in the needs that you fulfill in the wholesaling you know, and obviously helping them become more efficient and protected in their business. So here's my last question for you. So we'll get a little deep here. Going back to your childhood, what would you tell younger Kristen, you know, what advice would you give her that of the things she should, you know, avoid, things she should do more of? Like, what advice would you give your younger self knowing what you know now? Which childhood, Kristen? Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um... Wow, I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah, it's a deep question. It always kind of throws people back. Yeah, what advice would you give your younger self? What have you learned on this journey that you go, man, I wish I knew this as a kid? So, I would say that, ooh, I've got like 10 things. I've got like nine lanes merging into one right now, trying to figure out what that one thing is. Okay, I know what it is. It's, it is to be unapologetically bold and hmm. being, and that being selfish and, and being bold is not a bad thing. You're, um, I think for a long time and maybe even up until the past year and a half, I had a, a servant. I have a servant's heart, but to the extent that it was to my own detriment, I was saying yes to things that I didn't want to do or or like really want to do what I felt obligated because I didn't want to let anybody down. And I wanted to make myself small so that other people around me would make themselves feel bigger. And in, in the process of getting rid of some of those habits and, and making myself big and, and finding ways to not feel guilty about being unapologetically bold, but, and also lifting other people up at the same time that, that it's possible. And, um, I think it's been one of the best personal changes for me. I, I used to say sorry a lot Mm. for uh, things I, I didn't need to say sorry for. So it's stop saying sorry. Man, that's, that's powerful. I love that being unapologetically bold. 
I love that. And, and I understand what you're saying. A lot of times we let our kindness, you know, let people turn it into abuse and we don't, we don't wow. stand up for the things that are right. And, um, you know, so I love that being bold and, and learning how to say no is actually an art. There's a lot of books written on that is that you got to learn how to say no. Uh, strategically. So I love that. Well, Kristen, thank you so much. I'm not a victim. Wait, I do want to say I'm not a victim. You use the word abuse. I'm not saying that. Yes. No, I was more talking about, yes, uh, no, I was not talking about that type of abuse, but uh, I appreciate that clarified. So nobody call the police. Yeah. Kristen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If you could just go ahead and plug, you know, where people can connect with you, where they can find you, where they can connect with you. Cool. So I'm going to give you my email. You are in the financial services industry or you just want to talk or, and you, you've heard something that I've said and you think that you can add value or I'm missing the boat or you have another idea or any questions. My email is kshea, K-S-H-E-A, like shea butter at highland.com, H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D.com. That'll be the best way to get in touch. I have an awesome LinkedIn following. I post videos on a weekly basis about how to run a more effective practice. You can look me up. Guess what my name is? It's Kristen Shea. So it, <laughs> it should be easy to find. Um, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-S-H-E-A. And I'm going to throw this out there to reiterate my message about being going deep with your relationships. I'm going to give you my personal Instagram. I like to travel. I like dogs. I like to paint. If you weren't sure about working with me, I guess you'll like me more if you see my Instagram and that's <laughs> A-K-S-H-E-A. A-Y-K-S-H-E-A. Awesome. Kristen, thank you so much for getting on the podcast with us. Really, really appreciate you sharing your story, sharing your tips, what you've learned. Guys, if you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe. Go to staypaidpodcast.com. You can check out old episodes. Please rate us on iTunes. So subscribe on iTunes, give us a five-star review, share it with a friend. The reason why I want you to do that. Yes, please do it. As Kristen says, I want you to share it. I want you to review it because the more people that review the podcast, the more chances it has to be seen by other people so they can really see and hear these tips and learn from the people that we're interviewing. My hope with Stay Paid is to build a community of salespeople, business people, really learning from each other, testing strategies out, coming back, commenting, sharing. I would like to interview people multiple times to really follow them on their journey and learn how their strategies have changed over time. So be sure to subscribe. If you want to connect with me or Josh, we actually have a new Instagram. We have a stay paid Instagram. So if you go to at stay paid podcast on Instagram, you can find us, follow us. You can reach us there. You can follow me personally at at Luke Acre on Instagram. You can always get a hold of me, Luke at remindermedia.com. We'd love to hear your questions, your thoughts, people that you want us to interview. Guys, remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in any industry is that top producers take action. So take action on something you heard today. 